1: Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Rob Penuff, And I'm Jeremy Duvall. Welcome! Uh, Rob and I are excited on this beautiful Friday morning. Beautiful for you, rainy for me. Okay, so rainy for you, beautiful in the glorious, pay for the beautiful weather, California. Right now in beautiful Napa, it's 65 degrees, sunny. Should be in the mid-70s today, so definitely good. As you know, Rob, a former Californian. You know, it's going to be a beautiful May, California day. I
2: always joke that the easiest job in the world is the San Diego weatherman. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's
1: 70 and beautiful. San Diego. Yeah. Well, Rob and I are together today to talk a little, a little bit of everything. Kind of, we've done these episodes in the past where they're more deep dives, not into any specific game system or release or interview, but more of just a more in depth, up to date on what we've been up to. We're, we're going to talk a little hobby. We'll talk a little bit uh, gaming news, just news in the industry. We'll talk a little bit of uh, other collectibles, other stuff we're into, TV shows, movies, hobby, you know, sort of the whole smorgasbord of awesome stuff. We've had so many
2: episodes on Adepticon and other, other things like that over the last six weeks that we've only
1: kind of lightly touched on hobby stuff. So we have a lot to say. Well, why don't you kick us off, Rob? I know you've been painting like a madman. What have you been up to hobby-wise? Well, let's start with
2: Ambush. I have been loving Ambush. I think it's great. It's fun. You play a game super fast. We have an episode, which you will have already heard by the time you hear this, about Ambush and my thoughts on Ambush. From a hobby perspective, uh, since Adepticon, I painted two 750-point armies, one EOD, one ogres using the Sands of a Moon two-player box set, and I added a regiment of EOD chariots and that's it. I painted the contents. I, what's really cool, though, is I painted them up in kind of a matching color scheme. I based them the same. Uh, it's tied back into a desert table of terrain that I have. So now it's really put a, a, a light under my butt to like get demos going again because I have these cool armies. I have this cool table. It's just visually stunning. So I'm like, yeah. It's passion, right? It flows my passion, you know. And you know the the really cool thing is, uh, I demoed it for a few players, but one of the players in particular, he bought an ambush box, and that's cool. But then he put it together, and then he painted it. Then we played with it. So it's like really cool to like demo a game, and then in rapid succession, the person gets it from bare plastic to playable, based on you know, painted on the table. I'm like, that's just uh, it's so cool. It's like it's 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 that moment when the joy. You know, the real joy is when your dreams are realized on the table, right? And seeing that in someone else's eyes, the best, the best thing.
1: That's awesome. Painted them so fast. Were you doing more kind of like quick paint techniques or talk to, to tell me a little bit like hobby wise, like what what did you do?
2: I kind of went old school and where it's faces, bases, and shields. Mm. And so what I did was on both armies, I base coated them a metallic color, gave them a quick metallic dry brush, washed them. That was it for the metal. Majority of the model was armor uh, and then i went back in and painted skin or bone and added um some cloth and but 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 i did you know these aren't these aren't like, like i did paint eyeballs i you know on the ogres they are there is blending on the skin but i concentrated on the things that would stand out and saved where i could which is mostly the armor the eod's full model count and the ogres are not full model count. It's only 13 ogres, but there's a couple, uh, there's three regiments that only have two two guys instead of uh, three. So uh, it was awesome. And what's really cool is I, I have a Tomb King army, but I don't really have the pull to do with the NEOD army. And I already have, as you know, a ginormous <laughs> uh, ogre army. And I, I, this was nice because I didn't paint them anything like that armory. Something new and fresh. Something new and fresh and just That's quick. cool. Quick, mm-hmm. quick, quick, quick. I mean, I, maybe two weeks to do the ogres. We can half, 10 days. The EOD took a little longer just because assembly wise, there's like, what is there? 80, 100 models, something like that. I don't know. I'll give you an example. I got all the EOD from the, the, the two-player starter done. And then I went in the store and I said, guys, order me a regiment of chariots, which by the way, the chariots are awesome. The resin, you get basically the sprue of infantry and a, a sprue of cavalry. So you have the horses and the, and the dudes to make the crew and the horses. But the chariots themselves are resin. I picked it up from the store on a friday and i had it ready to go painted saturday (laughs) like that that never happens where you're like start from scratch in like 24 hours you got the unit that's yeah that's crazy turnaround that's some like my favorite color is done action well, when you're passionate about something, it, it makes a yeah. lot, you know, when it's
1: something like you're like, oh, I'm invested. I want to get I want to get this to the table. Then it is. I got to paint these boots on 40 infantry, you know, or whatever the slog. That's the thing about painting
2: when you can get it to not feel like a job. Yeah, that's when it's fun. And
1: it's OK if you just don't worry about it. Yeah, it's your hobby. Do whatever the hell you want. Whatever makes
2: you happy. Do
1: that. Yeah, I was feeling really slogged down with the Empire of Dust. So what I decided to do is just do like a real, as far from Kings as I could, just palette cleansing. I've been talking about with Jeff Swan and Ryan Munsell and Riley Nadeau up in the Oregon-Seattle area. They've been playing some Marble Crisis Protocol. So I picked up some a couple of MCP miniatures. So I painted a storm. I'm working on a beast. But just that palette cleanse got me so jazzed to be painting again, that I am working on my scavengers. I almost have a a unit of scavengers done. I almost have my unit of enslaved guardians done. So even though I took a second to step away from Kings to paint something else, the rejuvenation I felt in painting that other thing has me back on the EOD painting more than if I had not stopped painting them and painting something else. So it's like counterintuitive, but sometimes putting down a project and doing something else helps that original project's momentum reinvigorate itself. I think it's like writer's block or this is something that's probably similar in a lot of creative pursuits,
2: right? Where you just sometimes hit an impasse or you just You don't feel it. Yeah. Do something else. Go a different direction. Go
1: left instead of right. You might find a new path. Yeah. So I'd sort of hit that with the EOD of just being like, oh, man, this is just such a slog. So I got a couple of MCP minis painted and I played it a a couple of times on Tabletop Simulator. Super fun. It's a game system that there are some local players playing. And then in, in kind of getting to know them, they've asked me, like, what games... What game is my main game? And I'm like, oh, Kings of War is my main game. And I've had a couple of people already say, oh, that's interesting. Now I'll help you learn Marvel Crisis Protocol. And then maybe you can give me a demo on how to play Kings of War. So I think that shows you that sometimes it's good to to play multiple game systems because then maybe you can help. It's another way to help promote your main game system is to be like an advocate for that game system while playing other things with other people. So I've been doing a lot of just, I've just been hobbying a ton like you I've just been doing a lot of hobbying and working on x-men for MCP so for the EOD I am finishing uh, I have an enslaved guardians horde that I'm on the home stretch I'm working on my two units of scavengers and for those I'm using some uh, they, I'm using the murder birds from the warpath universe but then also I have a bunch of tiny little ravens that I'm putting in and I'm attaching them to to the uh, train pieces on the on the base to make them look like they're at different elevations so i think the unit's going to come out really cool i'm excited about that i have all of my skeletons that they're sort of my horde of skeleton warriors i'm batch painting them so i kind of like that's my warm up. So I sit down to paint and then I spend 30 minutes or an hour batch painting my hoard, like I'll do all the shields or I'll do something. And that gets me sort of in, in the groove. And then I pick something a little bit more interesting. Uh, I've sort of discovered in my painting journey is that whatever has me painting, I should do. Forcing myself to paint a certain way, like assembly style or do this, it just means that I'm not painting or I'll paint for 20 minutes and get frustrated and stop. So at this point, I'm like, anything that I want to paint, if it has me actually putting in the time painting, i'm just going to do that thing. Are you getting into Marvel Crisis Protocol? Yeah, i think it's it's pretty fun. Okay. I picked up I think it's going to be like my side game. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of people around like i said within driving dis- driving distance of my house that play it and then i you know a, a lot of the other kings guys play it, you know, they they were playing it Friday night at Lone Wolf. So uh definitely you know a side game but something that could be it's easy to carry with you you know right. it's only a couple miniatures so it's like a king's event it would be easy for me to bring along for like friday night gaming
2: so i'll bring you some stuff at masters uh i i have a venom and i have a hulk model that have been sitting downstairs in the
1: garage forever oh uh you know what else i'll give you uh, adepticon we got the a tank a hydra tank i'll bring that too. terrain yeah yeah yeah, it's a very fun game to play. It's well-designed. It's really flavorful. If you like comics, it has a lot of deep cuts into comics. Definitely wacky. It's an exploding dice mechanic game. So you can only take those types of games so competitively serious. It's like Blood Bowl, right? Like Yes. It is so random. So it scratches that different inch yeah. of like, Kings is my competitive tournament game. And MCP is just crazy. You're throwing people in the buildings. You're throwing fire trucks at each other. You're exploding. It's all like, it's just it's just like a completely different thing. And it's fun just to pick up one miniature, paint that miniature from start to finish, and be like, I have a unit in the game, done. Mm-hmm. And then I've been doing a lot of organization. Like, I sent you a picture. You I did. Got- uh, you're a man of my... A man of many talents, but this is right up my wheelhouse, dude. I know. I
2: know organization. I was like, "Oh, I know that you would appreciate labeled bins." Uh huh. All the same bin, too. Your OCD kicked in.
1: Oh yeah, I had to get the exact same. They're by Sterilite, right? Sterilite twenty-three and five eighths by sixteen and three eighths and six and a half inches uh deep, like a bit, a little bit of a big shoebox. Yeah, so it's, it's wide and long but not super deep in, which makes sense for storing like miniature type stuff. So I got 12, uh, 14 of them. And then I've been organized them. I got my label maker. I've been making labels. So I have like my empire of ducks, empire of dust tote. So that has everything related to my empire of dust. I have like my forge father's one. I have my dungeon saga, you know, uh, basing materials, my, my card game sleeves, dice, counters, tokens, Because I'm trying to do a big organizing redesign. And I have this um, laundry closet. In the dark time, I was not allowed to put any gaming stuff in there. Because that's the laundry closet, I was told, where all the laundry stuff goes. But now that I don't don't exist underneath an overlord, I got rid of all that crap. And now it's like a gaming supply closet. That's awesome. Yeah, it's totally organized. Because what I'm doing, Rob, I'm doing, as I'm painting, I've just been like hobby fever. So mm. as I've been painting, I've also been going through my garage and and I'm, I've am i been I've been going through a purge every now and then we got to go through a purge. And it doesn't mean that I still don't have like it's like it's getting out of control when I have four fleets for Armada and I've never I've played Armada once <laughs> and I don't even have one fleet painted and I have four fleets. It's kind of like, do I need to have four no. fleets of Armada? No. No,
2: I'm right there with you. I'm trying, you know, over the last year or so, I've really been trying to make those decisions. Like, do I need this? And if not, move it on. Or if I I do need it, then let's get it out of the box. Let's get it assembled. Let's get it painted.
1: So for some of these like mistress games, I call them, you know, where it's like I have my main squeeze and then I have like my side, my side mistresses. I'm kind of like, let's have so let's have like one army are maybe two projects, but I don't need five projects for a game that I'm never going to paint. So I've been doing a big eBay splurge. So I put up a Orc Armada fleet. Um, I've been putting up some random random just boxes. Like I had a Greater Fire Elemental. I had some just random stuff. Oh, I had some like stuff for like an Abyss Army that I was maybe going to do. And I'm just like, okay, I have EOD and then I'll probably do Twilight Ken. So that's as much... That's like three years of painting. Do I need any other like Kings of War projects right now when I have essentially the next two to three years of Kings of War projects? I don't, right? So I'd rather sell some of that stuff, use that money to uh, you know feed some other, my other hobbies. And then another big one, I had a huge collection. I really liked, and I just don't have anyone to play it with. I really love Star Wars Armada. It was a super fun game. I have a huge collection too. I've never played a game once. Yeah, it's super fun and I liked it. I used to play it with my sister when we lived together. We played it all the time. But it's just sitting in my it's just sitting in my closet, in my garage not doing anything. So I put that up for sale on eBay. So um yeah, so I've just been doing like a big hobby purge, hobby organization, just trying to get an idea of, of being realistic with myself about what are the projects that I want to do over the next couple of years and try to take some of those funds. You know, Adepticon was really expensive, so maybe take some of that money towards, like, going to events or, uh, you know. And also, if I have three projects set up for a game, by the time I get to that third project, that game is going to have something new and shiny I want to do anyway. So, yeah. So I've just been trying to kind of do, like, a a come-to-sanity moment. I had one moment the other night where I was like, oh, look, I, I was going through my garage, and I know you've had this too, Rob, and I came across boxes of unopened new miniatures that I had even forgotten that I own. And I was just like, this is crazy, man. If you don't even know what you have and you have boxes of like unopened, still shrunk wrap miniatures that you forgot you own, sell them because you don't yeah. care about it enough.
2: Because the worst is I, I'll do that and then I'll have to buy it again because I forget that I already have it. And then I'll run into it and go... <sighs>
1: <laughs> yeah, do I even own one of this? I have, you know, and it's just like, so I'm just trying to be like a little bit more reasonable, you know, do some organization, kind of try to get like my my project scope focused a little bit more centered. So my idea for Kings of War is I'm going to continue with my EOD. For Firefight, I've decided to leave the Forge Fathers at a thousand points. And I'm going to start working on my GCPS, my maybe it's Maybelline army. And then that way I'll have two... Firefight armies to demo. I have the the, the Dark Fathers at a thousand points. I can play firefight with them. I can play Dead Zone with them, and then I'll just have some some MCP on the side. I mean, that you only need like ten miniatures, so that will be quick. Once I get a team for that, I'm done with that game. I can play. You know, I'll have something to 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 play. So yeah, so that feels good. I feel like man, doesn't it feel good when you go through an organization? It just it feels really good. It's like you're starting with a
2: clean slate. Yes, and I still have, I mean, my hobby room is still piles and piles and piles of stuff, and I'm trying to get through it, but, you know, there's a, you know, it's baby steps. Yes, <laughs> baby steps. Exactly. You know, you're talking about jumpstarting your hobby. I bought an airbrush at Adepticon, and it has completely jumpstarted my hobby. I did pick up a, an Awata Neo CN like a starter kit at Adepticon, it was like 170 bucks or something like that. But the compressor is like this little plastic thing where you only have like high, medium, low pressure settings. So it's it literally is a starter set. It's been amazing, and so uh, I bought the CN version, which I didn't know there was also a BN version. So the BN version is a 0.5 needle and the cn versions of 0.35 you know originally i was like oh man i i, I, sh- I should have got the, the bigger needle right because i'm really want to use it mostly i mean i'm going to use it for some basing and maybe some base coating but really terrains my passion so getting a bigger needle probably would have been awesome but you know honestly i'm fine with the 0.35 it's 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 been I've, it's been awesome i have uh and i will say i have made if you can make a mistake with airbrushing I, I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. Uh, you know, it, it took me a million years to figure out how to thin and paint, you know, thin the paint correctly. Um, I was putting it in too thick and it was jamming up the gun. I was like, ah, having to take it apart. And then, or I was putting it in too thin and it's like splattering, and spitting out. So, and then I had where I was just, it felt like I was just always cleaning the brush. I was taking it apart too much. I was pulling the needle out too much. In fact, I took it apart and, and reassembled it so many times. I somehow managed to bend the tip of the needle. So I was like, okay, okay. So I said, I said all right. And that, that was the point where I was like, okay, dude, you've only had this for a couple of weeks and you already broke the airbrush. Yeah, Watched a bunch of videos.
1: Mm.
2: Here's the good news. That airbrush, it was only $10 for a replacement needle. So it wasn't like a $40 punch in the face, right? I, I think that, I think the airbrush is only like a $70 airbrush. So I bought a couple new placement needles. I bought the most important thing, needle lube. So you can actually lube that needle up. It's It moves better than normal. And I, at this point now, I've really got it down where I'm not having to do like a full teardown all the time. You know, I've got it so I can clean out the gun and it will, uh, from, from color to color, no problem, right? And it feels like unless something happens, and I did have that happen last night where I, I used some older paint and it, I didn't thin it enough and it jammed the gun up. I had to tear it apart. But normally, if if I'm using the fresh paint and stuff and I'm thinning it, like literally, like I'm only cleaning it like maybe once a week because I'm doing what I need to do between uses. The big thing for paints itself, I I actually uh, invested in the Army Painter Mega Air set and it comes with 60 colors. So my rule of thumb now is if I'm using the Army Painter set, if if, if I don't have the color. That I don't need that color. (laughs) Like I have 60. I have a case that holds all 60 colors and that's it. I'm not adding to it because I already have hundreds of Reaper paints, uh, which also (laughs) work, which also work in the gun, which more on that later. Amazing. Pretty much what I've decided on is I am going to, I'm all in on the army painter ecosystem. It just keeps everything under one set of products so you know mm-hmm. they all work together but the yeah. best thing is the war room carries it so i can i f- like you know sometimes you go to the store and you're like well i want to spend some money because i'm here patron you know i'm here playing a game i need to buy something at least now i can always buy something i mean in the past i could buy glue or something to be fair i don't need models <laughs> uh, though i have a bunch on pre-order but i this is another o- opportunity for me to spend money there because i'm always using paint I, I do want to try the scale 75 primer because they, you know, you know army Painter comes in like black, white, and gray. Yeah. Uh, but a scale 75 has like a sand color. And so, so I'm really excited to try some of those because those are also available at the war room, but Reaper paints. Oh, that was like the aha moment for me is when I was like, wait a minute, I can shoot these through the gun. You know, they already have a lot of flow aid. Yeah, they're super thin, right? Yeah. And so yeah. just add a little bit more and it's yeah. golden. Now, I did use some older, older like paint that's like 10 years old at this point, mm-hmm. and it it jammed things up. I I was screaming to myself last night, but hey, lesson learned. I've been using it for priming and base coating. Uh we'll talk about the goblins. I've actually started to do some blending now where I did some Maw beast, where it's like three colors and you you know, the undersides one color, the sides, the top, almost like a zenthal, but it's it's a base coat. So it's not even a base coat; it's done. I'm not going back over it. Two things that I've learned that are most important: thin your paints, <laughs>
1: thin your paints, thin your paints, and lube your needle. Those are the two the two things. I think those are lessons just for uh, your journey through life, Rob. Those are good, just life lessons. <laughs> thin
2: your paints and lube your needle. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Future purchases? Uh, I need. I do want to get a better compressor. You know, I've got this little starter thing. Look, it functions, it works. It'll be great for taking to the shop because it's a little tiny thing. It's not very loud. It doesn't have the, the 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 control from a pressure standpoint that you get on a real compressor. I mean, I just have high, medium, and low. Compressor, you could dial the PSI to whatever you want. Uh, that, and the other thing is, I made fun of Trent about buying a cleaning mat, which is like a nice, soft, touched mat with a raised lip to put your parts in while you're cleaning it. Dude, I have almost lost so many... Fr- Some of these parts are... To say they're tiny, like... like I, I have to put my painting glasses on, which are 3.5 magnification. And even that might be not not uh, enough magnification. Some of these parts are so minuscule. So, yeah, uh, Trent, you were right. That was a, that was a good pickup. I'm, I'm going to get one, too. It'll help me from losing any parts. Well, let's jump into I did have some paint woes because I've been using this airbrush. And it turns out when you're airbrushing and you're learning to mix your paint, you blow through some paint. Yeah. And. As I said, I was, I've been airbrushing with some Reaper paints and going through them a little faster than I normally would. I mean, I have some paints that are like 10 years old at this point. In particular, I have my triad for gray skin. It's called the Dusky Skin Triad. <laughs> so it's the most amazing thing on the planet. Last night, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm almost out. All right, no problem. Tomorrow, I'll just go on Reaper's website, $50, whatever it is, free shipping. Oh, No. <laughs> so I go on the website wait why why isn't this coming up w- why can't I find it so I go to the forum it was discontinued in 2021 oh no I almost cried because <laughs> uh, because well number one I used this like maybe eight years ago I painted up as each warriors a chaos army with a bunch of dragon ogres and dragon ogre shagoths and it's cool it's that same purple gray blue pink color scheme that I've got a few armies on and subsequent to that in kings of war i used it for my ogres which i think most people have seen and we'll talk about the goblins but i settled on that that skin tone for the goblins too so i was like (laughs) what am i gonna do because i I, i'm not one to want to mix paint especially i have i've got like eight years of quality effort on this paint like i know how to use it it works so it's been out of production for a while right and it's not coming back from what i understand so i scoured the internet and first I found this listing on ebay for a triad from australia i was like oh no i i don't want to spend fifty dollars to ship this thing from australia i was like ah but uh, ironically heretic games you know that store yeah the the one from my bit my neck of the woods yeah so they happen (laughs) to have they had dusky skin highlight but they didn't have dusky skin so i have enough of the shadow which you don't use that much, right? Yeah. I really need dusky skin and maybe the shadow. So I was looking for a store that if, if they didn't have the full triad, just give me the two, the the, the mid-tone and the highlight. So Heretic had just the highlights. Like, oh, it's not going to work. Scour, scour, scour. Sometimes when you're digging, you find a, a gem. <laughs> and let me just say, shout out to Sinclair Games. They're in like the northern suburbs of Indianapolis. The store's amazing, dude. They had two bottles of both of what I was looking at. Their inventory was two bottles of Dusky Skin and two bottles of Dusky Skin Highlight. So I'm like, whatever it yeah. costs to uh-huh. ship. <laughs> then it turns out, oh, if you spend $25, free shipping. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so long story short, I uh, placed an order this morning for some paint. And within an hour of me placing the order, it already shipped. So I'm like, OK, these guys, I'm going to have the next time I go back to Michigan to visit my mom, I'm going to have to stop in there and say, hey, guys, that's a cool store. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. Super humble about that. And, you know, and obviously once I I have enough now to get me through the goblins because I, I, I'm just starting the goblins. So I needed some paint to get through. I mean, there's hundreds of models to paint still. But I think once the goblins are done, you know, I'm going <laughs> to pour out a pour out something for the homies.
1: Retire that that uh, that
2: color let's jump in and talk about the goblins. I tried a bunch of different colors, right? And all the way through it, I kept saying, I don't want to do green. I don't want to do green. I don't want to do green. So I thought about, well, maybe I could paint like an orange or an auburn color like like the dungeon dragon goblins look like, you know, Pathfinder. Th- th- those actually have like a orangish-reddish skin tone. Didn't really feel that. I also felt like I, I want to paint them like they're on, in caverns. So I want a cool color scheme. Not cool like it's it's hip, but cool as in temperature right yeah and so i tried i have a dark elf skin triad which is awesome but it was it's too dark it was too dark i was like uh sometimes you say to yourself self just do what you know will work go back to that wheelhouse for a third time and i did and i was like oh chef's kiss that's exactly what i needed all right well goblins let's talk about kings of war because i have a massive amount of effort. Not only the the 750 armies for ambush, but goblins. So the locally, Andy uh, started a slow grow league at the shop, and I'm like, let's do it. It's, it's a slow grow ambush. We start with ambush with the goal of building to 2,300. So I bought a goblin ambush box. What value? I, I'm sorry, but a forty dollar box that gets me what is it? Forty goblins and two mincers. Yo, I'm sorry. There's there's no better value in gaming. Than that i have a, a goblin army that's all mantic that is all put together and ready to go even got basing this is what i decided to do for the slow grow league my, my basic concept is i'm just gonna take all of one type of unit and just paint them all back to back to back to back to back you know how you get into a rhythm like you figure it out like after five or six models and you're good at it well i'm just gonna let myself get good and then just do finish it out does that make sense yeah, I mean, that's a smart way to do it if you can do it that way. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I might not do that with all the infantry, the regular infantry. I mean, there's so much of that. I'm That might make me go insane, so I might mix that up. But for basing, I used um, this cavern train. I think it's called like the grotto um, from printable scenery. I had Mike print me a whole bunch of scenery up. Gosh, it was a year or so ago, and I took my scroll saw and I cut it up and mounted it to MDF and I blended it in with a boxy sculpt. And then I used like a Vallejo texture paste to cover the surface. And then and long story short, they're now all painted the basing in the the, the basing. I used Army Painter. It's a purple air paint triad. It's like goes from dark purple to like a purple pink color. Looks awesome. No brushwork at all, because you know what? You can barely see the base. <laughs> There's so many freaking goblins on it. You, you really can't see the base. So. It's purple. And then I started with luggets. So I know people have heard me talk about luggets. I love these models. They are they are my favorite infantry model in the mantic range. It is a really cool model and it's a cool unit. And it's just it's just a fun goblin unit. Five different sculpts. So there's enough variety there to make it interesting. The resin. So obviously I dropped some on a cement floor and some of them broke. Cause that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. So I was able to mix up some of the weapons a little bit just to add a little more variety. <laughs> I think I have 50 or 60 luggins. I don't know exact numbers, but I have a lot, and they are so much fun to paint. They're they're so characterful. First of all, they kind of scare me a little bit because they look like they're they're crazy, but they also look competent. They're not like fanatics from back in Warhammer days, right? Like fanatics, like, yeah, you just like trip them when they kill themselves, you know, fall off like lemmings, run them off a cliff or something. These guys look like that only are they going to kill you. They know how to do it. I finished two regiments and four troops. I still have another handful of luggage remaining. I'm debating. I'm holding off. I was going to paint another troop because can you can can you really have enough luggage? Probably not. But then I thought, well, hang on to them. There's like a handful of them. Maybe I'll find some other use for them. Maybe they will be a hero in another unit. I'm not sure yet.
1: Unit filler or part of a multi-base or something.
2: The thing is, if you put these guys next to the goblins, the plastic, go- the plastic goblins, they're so huge. They are ginormous in comparison. So they look kind of silly. But what I also did with that was really cool is like on the regiments, I took some of the resin characters and I put one into the reg into the regiments as a leader so i took like the uh the vanguard resin assassin model which is like this guy with a rope and a mask he looks like a little ninja with a couple of knives and so he's in one unit and then you remember league of infamy there was a resin well you get you could get resin sculpts of some of the bad guys and some of the good guys yeah. and i got this goblin guy who's wearing all this armor he's real tanky he's got this big ass luggage bat it's literally the same Basically the same bat that the luggage are carrying. Some of the luggage are carrying. Are you gonna make Grogger's lug lads? I have two regiments that can go together to make that. Yeah. Um, and then I also have four troops so that I have options. There's two sets of troops that kind of go together to make like one regiment base. What's cool though is the way the basing is they're all like on rocks. They all they have the high ground. <laughs> Hello there. It's almost like uh like 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 a like a slayer. There's one dude with a big sword coming down and he's on one foot jumping off the rock. It's just I don't know, it's so cool. So cool. The head adds up though. So I've got these glasses for zooming in magnification and like if i'm wearing like the the ones are like high magnification. I lose all ability to have any depth perception outside of what I'm looking for three inches in front of me. And I dropped one of the regiment, uh, dropped one of the troops and it like shattered. I was like, oh, God bless it. Lesson learned. I got to be careful handling those bad boys. The second unit that I've already painted is are the trombones. For the trombones, they make metal models. I am anti-metal. You know me. I'm anti-metal, anti-PVC, if I can help it. Yeah, if there's any way to avoid it. Absolutely. So for the trombones, I took the, the Ratkin Shredder war engine kit. Okay, it's a war engine, but they have two versions. They got one with it almost looks like a some kind of missile launcher that shoots like knives. That's not the one I used. I used the one that looks like a giant insecticide sprayer. <laughs> it's, you know, and the the head the head cannon that I have is that we roll these things out and they shove them into the tunnels in confined spaces in these caves and they shoot it through there and they knock out and disable the bad guys. And then there's these dudes with like these giant man catchers that come out and grab the dead bodies or the incapacitated people the trombones themselves are all painted they're cool uh one of the things that's interesting i haven't done yet they're they're painted and they're based but i'm gonna do some i'm gonna call it osl but really what i want to make it look like is like it's it spewed like a green fluorescent nauseous gas and so i've been watching videos on how like you can put some white ink into like the deep recesses and then you can lightly spray it I, uh the the air the air mega set from army painter comes with a thing called gauss green which is a fluorescent green oh nice so that's my plan I, i'm tr- i'm thinking about doing that um, i haven't done that yet and i still haven't done the crew the crew is still a little problem because the war engine the, the shredder war engines come with rat king crew which look awesome but they've got like rat feet and they and, and the heads are attached they're part of the torso there's not really a way i can convert them so at first I thought, well, maybe I'll use luggets. Uh, maybe I might, I might do the lugget, make them like into, like I said, with the man catcher, that might make sense. I, I try to use the, it uh, might still do it, but I uh, worked with the, the normal plastic, the goblin, but they're so small. They can't see above the war engine. <laughs> they're like, they're down. So my trombones are painted and based, playable, but I don't know yet what I want to do for a crew yet. I mean, I know what I want to do in my head. I just haven't figured out how I'm going to actually... Execute. How to make it happen, yeah. Then uh, the next unit that I've started is the Maw Beasts. And, I, you know, if you're a Goblin player, you have a ton of plastic Maw Beasts pups that come on the sprue, right? I mean, I've got like 50 of them. And I'm going to use those. I'm going to sprinkle them in because they're, I mean, they're cool models. But then I also bought a troop of the Ratkin Hackpaws, which are the mounted Ratkin. What's amazing about them is they're using the same mount as you can get from like the goblin heroes that are mounted. The the mount itself is completely just the 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 animal. There's no saddle, there's no there's no bridle, there's nothing. I just bagged up the Ratkin riders, put them off to the side, and I'm in the process of painting up these five resin hack paws, flea bags, whatever you want to call them, mob beasts, whatever you want to call them. I'm going to mix them in, and the the, the head canon for this unit is I got the resin trapper model from Vanguard which is like this little dude. He's like laying a trap out in my head. He's their leader and he's like setting traps. He's got his beasts to go in and help him capture people. I also ordered a box of the plastic goblin slash mincer kit for the goblins, which should be here soon. Maybe, maybe, maybe Monday. Those have the new, have new flea bags. I just don't know if those are going to be molded in with like the, the harness piece that hook or the attachment piece to the chariot. So I'm not sure yet if they're going to be, is easy to use as the hack paws, but yeah more to come Uh, but yeah it's cool i've got like these mobbies that are like jumping off and they're like lunging they're like really cool airbrushing i couldn't believe how cool it was you know it's like three shades of this dusky skin bottom is dark and then light, you know red mid-tone on the side and there's like just a highlight on the top if i would do that with a paintbrush it would take me forever now, still takes you for take me forever because I was learning how to do it. Yeah. But now that I know how to do it, it's pretty fast. I mean, I'm still going to go in and probably put a few final highlights. I mean, these are resin models. They're, they're not cheap. I'm going to put the effort in. Yeah, goblins, 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 goblins. I've got Maw Beast on on the on the station right now to paint. Um, and then I've got a, a crap ton of actual infantry that need to be painted. And you know, what's really cool is I'm just like looking at the model and thinking, okay, what can I airbrush to be fast? So you know, on the luggets, I I, I actually base coated the whole model with with metal, with a blackened, you know my, you know the the same color that I use on almost ogres. All these armies is this called blackened steel? Yeah. Spray the whole thing, dry brushed it, and then that's it. Wash it, and then and then go on to the colors. But now there's not as much armor on the regular infantry, so I'm I'm probably gonna base coat the skin color, like I did with the mob beasts. And, and then just add like the, the cloaks and a little bit of armor that's there. So goblins are awesome. I, I can't wait to do the wingets. Now that I have an airbrush, like I was like, I put the wing together and I was like, oh, I don't want to paint this by hand. Well, now I don't have to. So that's goblins. People are still saying, well, what's up with salamanders? They're still there. <laughs> I still have to work on them. They did win uh, third place at our store, uh, Armies on Parade, uh, this past weekend. So that was cool. Lost out to oh, 40 nice. k armies, but that's fine. Yeah. I got that going for me. Mm-hmm. But I still have to paint a bunch of unlocks because it turns out i actually can't play ambush with that army i don't have anything <laughs> that unlocks in uh-huh. ambush. all i have are hordes yeah you know and, and really i need more more unlocks in general
1: so i've got ceremonial
2: guard. ceremonial
1: guard right that's the one that makes sense to add to what you already have yeah and then i've got unblooded
2: is. as well i'm going to do a, at least one regiment of unblooded and then right. now that i'm airbrushing fire elementals greater fire elementals
1: Oh, yeah. I bet you that that would take an airbrush really, really well, that unit. And then let's talk about Night Stalkers.
2: Just like the goblins, I, a couple, maybe last summer, summer before, I don't know. It's been, it's been a little while. I built the Night Stalker army. They're all built and they're all just sitting there waiting for paint. Now they were built with the models that were available. Then, you know, it comes out Monday, (laughs) new Reapers, new butchers, a new Void Lurker, I'm like, oh, so I pre-ordered a couple boxes of each of those of the Reapers and the Leapers, maybe three boxes. I don't remember. And then I'll avoid Lurker. So more to add to the pile. And uh, I, my plan is to do it with an airbrush if I can. Obviously, the, the default one would be the purple, blue, pink color scheme that everybody uses, or maybe like a ethereal color scheme. Dude, I'm a, I'm a contrarian. I never want to do what everybody else does. So... I'm not sure if anybody has any good suggestions for a color scheme or something that I should look at, let me know. Uh, but the pre-orders pre-orders are supposed to be here next week. Once those get here um, at some point this summer, I'll get them built and added to the, the horde and then I'll start painting. I do at some point have to look at the PVC, obviously replace the butchers and I replace the reapers, but they're still like what shadow hounds and phantoms. And I've got some resin in there. Cause that's what Vanguard had like a little bit of resin and a lot of PVC. And so I don't know yet what I'll do with those yet, but more to come. It's super cool. I will say the goblins have been going amazingly fast. It turns out everything was built. Everything was based, at, you know, it just like blue tacked on. So like, it, it, it's like all the, I don't want to say the hard work. I get to just do the fun stuff. <laughs> just get the paint. I already had everything assembled. So I'm looking forward to another one of these with night stockers where 90% of it's already built. I don't have any basing yet for night soccer. So I need to figure that out too. Uh, and then Kings of War armies. Uh, i bought a bunch of halflings and now with mantic vault i don't know man Mm -hmm. Uh, and then armada i at adepticon bought two starters two Brewsters, a flyer pack and an extra extra large ship for northern alliance so i started to airbrush them and that's when i bit my needle so it's been on a little pause but now that i've got my airbrush working again if i can squeeze it into the somewhere in where with the goblins um i want to paint it i will big shout out to zach at mantic games i had a One of the boxes came with one of the wrong sails. Reached out to him. shot up some pictures back and forth to make sure he understood what I needed. Dispatched it. Got it yesterday. Super awesome. Nice. So, and then obviously, you know, Mantic Vault again, there's terrain. Uh, So, uh, and I pre-ordered all the resin stuff coming out in June. So, this summer, I'm definitely on the hook for a lot of Armada stuff. Cool. Definitely going to be 3D printing a fleet of ghost ships in my future, I think. So, there's just so much stuff. How about you? How about the uh, hobby stuff? You've been working on anything else.
1: Yeah. One thing I did pick up and I needed to talk to you about it. I originally, I was thinking for my empire of dust for my, um, reanimated behemoths. I was going to use the necro sphinx that you were kindly, kind, kind enough to give me one. Yeah. And then I and picked uh, up Mark one, had one too, right? Yeah. I picked up one from Mark, but what I've decided to do to keep that, that, uh, army, all mantic and because it's a model that i love and i saw some really nicely ones i'm just gonna i'm gonna use the cronius as my steel behemoth i like it i love that model behemoth though is on a bigger base isn't it? Isn't it's it it's on a chariot? a chariot base so i'm gonna and so that means it gives me more room to cool do cool dynamic basing you need to make him like almost like soul snaring where he's pulling the essence out of somebody down there he's yeah. looking down at him and like pulling their essence out you know, like a casket of souls type stuff. We're like, Oh, exactly. So I think it's a good model to use. It will give me, and then it will fit. Like I can paint it to look like my weathered stone with like the blue magic energy coming Mm -hmm. out of it, you know? So I think it will fit the army. So then that means the necro sphinx you gave me, I could sell it and then use that money. Whenever I go to a tournament, I always bring a fancy counter charge award. So maybe I yeah, just that's put that in the, back that's into a, that's like a great idea. swag. Roll it into something else. Roll it like into some idea. swag that I give to people, you know. Do
2: it soon because, you know, Old World, you' keeps saying Old World's coming back. So
1: yeah, maybe the models will come back for the So yeah, so I think I'm going to make that switch to the Cronius. I, I picked up two Cronii from Troll Horde Games, Mr. Chris Fisher. Shout out to Chris. I get all my Mantic stuff from him for the most part. Good discounts, great customer service. Definitely check out Troll Horde Games if there isn't a local uh, friendly game store near you and you're looking to buy online. Big shout out to Chris Fisher. They do a great job at Troll Horror Games. I just love that store. He's uh, and it's a good dude that I've met, and he's a a, a nice guy. It's a family business. I like supporting them. If he doesn't have it, he'll let you know. Hey, I talked to Kyle. They're sending me the shipment today. I'll have it. And then all their shipping is really fast. It's all you all you get it within just priority shipping, so it's all within a couple days. So I bought a lot of stuff from him. And then in the past two, he's done where. If it's like a special character in a box set or something, he'll break down box sets sometimes and sell Mm -hmm. you just the part part that you need. Right. And so I have two crony eyes coming. I bought my murder birds from him. So the murder birds come in packs of two. Such good models, too. Andy Patton, our store is using them. I just I love those models. They're really cool. So I'm going to have three. I'm going full model count for those two units. So I just picked up three packs, which is six models. So three and three. So I did that. Everything's a set. I still need to assemble. I'm using. Hey, why can't you buy the uh, Empire of Dust Armada flyer pack
2: and figure out a way to use some of those things in there?
1: I looked at that, Rob, and I thought about it. And um, I think that there is space somewhere to use Armada flyers as stuff. I didn't I didn't quite. Pull the trigger on that because I had a bunch of these small birds. I have these little tiny Ravens from a dark Eldar project that I was going to do a, a way back in the day. They had a unit called a, a razor wing or they were like um, uh, the beast handler guy. It's had, like a flock of birds, right? Yeah, flock of birds, right? So I'm using I'm, I'm using those as sort of my small scavengers just because I own them. And it's like, hey, let me try to use these models. So I have that. I have I still need to assemble. I'm using the for my mummies. I am using. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the regular mummy model, so I'm using the. They're, they're the,
2: PVC, right? Yeah, I just, so I'm ah. using the
1: revenant, the revenants from EOD. They're heavy armored. They're using double-handed weapons. The crushing strength from mummies, and I have my regular skeleton horde looks nothing like it. So it will be really easy to tell that these are my mummies. But those guys are a plastic resin hybrid kit, which. Once assembled, looks good, but is a pain to assemble. And then also, like, I sneezed on one, and it just, like, broke. Hybrid kits in general. Okay, yeah. plastic and metal are terrible. Having done terrible. it, uh, Skeleton Archers, I'm looking at you. The, the resin ones are probably a little bit better. Not but as bad. So I'm trying to, this weekend, my goal for this weekend is to get through the two, at least one, but hopefully both units of Scavengers. Try to get through that. Uh, next week, we'll be getting through my Enslaved Guardians. And then at that point, I'll have Scavengers done, I'll have Enslaved Guardians done, I'll have my well, uh, my Monolith is done. My Soul Snare that I am using the Well of Souls for is is about uh, it base-coded, and now I'm starting to work on the highlight for that so that what i have left that i need to actually assemble is i still need to assemble some of my mummies and then i need to put together shobik i have the the mantic shobik uh, uh, in the box ready and then once i get my two croniuses which i'm hoping they got shipped maybe i'll get them tomorrow i would really love to maybe get them assembled this weekend um but my dad is is dropping off some furniture this weekend so i have to do a little bit of like adult house house stuff so i won't be able to like fully hobby but just that so that's really been trying to just paint paint a lot more i've been still working on like my fitness stuff i've been you know trying to go to the gym each week and doing my best to watch what i eat but i love food and uh work is really busy but in general i'm just trying to it's kind of like nose nose to the grindstone right now sounds like you're busy yeah it's very busy
2: well, let's uh, take a quick commercial break on the other side. Let's jump in and just chat about a few topics that we had on our minds that we didn't have time to really share before. So we'll be right back. I'm Josh Ferdette. Three armies planned, zero games played, and you're listening to Counter Charge.
1: And we are back. So we got a couple topics we wanted to go over outside of that mammoth. Rob is painting all the armies as you figured out. <laughs> it feels that way. <laughs> Hockey is in
2: full full bore right now, like the playoffs. I am I'm recording all the games and I just sit on my station, my paint station, and I'll watch at least two games a night just plowing through it. So it's almost done with the this round. So it'll slow down a little bit. So I'm trying to get as much as I can because when I'm, when I'm there, I'm like, I'm in. Hockey's been great, but also you got to love Star Trek, dude. Come on. Heroes and icons station. Oh. If you don't watch Heroes and Icons, what are you doing? It starts at like seven o'clock my time, and goes to like midnight. You get you get one episode of every Star Trek
1: series, back to back to back to oh, back. That's back. awesome. It's amazing. Speaking of Star Trek, have you watched the latest season of Picard?
2: I don't have Paramount Plus. I've always been a Star Wars guy. But I love
1: Star Trek 2, and so I'll I'll, I'll catch up with it at some point. The first two seasons of Picard are not that are okay because they were very much like, we're going to do something different, and we're going to have new characters, and we're not going to be on a ship, and it's going to be – we're going to subvert expectations and do – and they were just okay. But the last season of Picard, they bring the entire cast back from next gen, and it is – what you would always hope picard would be which is this just fan service moment after awesome fan service moment but i'm there for it you know how great is it when a movie gives you what you what you
2: thought you were going to get when you bought the ticket sometimes that's okay right so yeah this is what i want yeah let's just talk about movies what have you what have you been watching what have you been seeing what are some of the highlights because I've got some great ones that I want to talk about. Yeah.
1: So show wise was I finished up Picard, which is really great. I've been re-watching, speaking of Star Trek, I've been working my way through Deep Space Nine, which is one of my favorite Star Trek properties. I love that show. I've been watching that. Movie-wise, I just went and saw the last Guardians of the Galaxy. So the last couple of movies I saw, I did see Ant-Man. My sister and I will always go when there's like a new Marvel movie. We'll go see it together. Or uh, like we saw the D and D movie together. You know stuff like that. So saw Ant Man, uh, uh, the new Ant Man, the new Guardians of the Galaxy, which I thought were okay. They were they were solid. I think that you know post End Game, the MCU is still trying to figure out like what what are we gonna do now.
2: Guardians of the Galaxy though did what did did what it says on the tin right it, it gave me what I expected yeah it wraps up that trilogy of movies yeah so it was fine it was good yeah. I liked it I didn't see Ant Man but I my daughter and her couple friends we went to see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy opening weekend which would have been yeah. last weekend and it was fun I, I enjoyed it it's like the Titanic you know the boat's gonna sink well you know they experiment on a baby raccoon to get to this this thing yes. and you know that you know that's coming and when you see it you're like oh that's kind of hard to watch i i get squeamish that kind of stuff the older i get the less i like watching that kind of stuff
1: if you're gonna see guardians of the galaxies and you have a thing around like animal testing trigger warning i mean it's and there is some like intense stuff and and i did mention on a previous show that you know i
2: was uh, really pleasantly surprised at listening to narr- uh, forge the narrative who had they had dan abnett on and they talked a lot about that he is the i mean he he, he created this current incarnation of the Guardians, this collection. If you haven't listened to that, you need to listen to it because it's amazing. You know, they basically said, look, we don't really want you messing in with our, our good stuff. So here, yeah. use these castaways. And he like, well, I'll take this piece. and I have this piece. And he pulled it yeah. together and he made this amazing thing. And then X amount of years
1: later, there you go. I did catch up on a lot of Star Wars stuff. Finally splurged and uh, maybe it was... Two weekends ago, watched all of Andor.
2: Here's what's funny is Andor is the one that like a lot of people are poo-pooing on. That's the one series I actually enjoyed. And and, and here's why. I I don't think it's about really fan service with Andor. It's just a good TV show. (laughs) But you have to have the patience to to invest early for the payoffs at the end and what they're building up to. And they had amazing actors, right? I mean, Scarsgard.
1: You know, I, that
2: guy, yeah. he, can do, he, he can't do anything wrong in my eyes.
1: Well, Andor very much in the, in the, you know, the umbrella of Rogue One where Andor is just a good TV show that is set in the Star Wars universe. Exactly. Whereas Rogue One is a great movie that's just set in the Star Wars universe. So I felt that with Andor was, is really solid. I finished the last season of Mandalorian, which a lot of people like, as you said, have poo-pooed on, but like, I'm, Katie Sackhoff, I'd sign a, a deal with yeah. the devil. The Mandalorian the last season, it was okay. But here's the thing. When you
2: have Luke showing up unannounced, where do you go from there? Right? I, like that is, the mount, that is the
1: Mount Everest. So anything that comes after that is going to be compared to that. And I never w- watched the Clone Wars. And I'm finally starting to watch that now. The animated Clone Wars. Yeah, the, the Clone Wars is
2: it's 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 a mixed bag, right?
1: And the last season of Clone Wars that they made for Disney Plus is great. You know, it all t-
2: it wraps a lot of stuff up with Rebels.
1: Well, my sister's a big fan of like Clone Wars, Rebels, The Bad Batch, all that stuff. I like the cartoons. What's interesting is I know Shadow Point comes out. Well, that's what I've been looking at. You know, getting into MCP, all the MCP people, the the Atomic Mass Games or AMG people, they have a following I think akin to Mantic or GW, whatever people who love their games. Yeah. So Shatterpoint, which is going to be like the skirmish based Star Wars game. They picked like the wrong theme for me. Like, I like like Clone Wars, but original trilogy guy. They'll release all that stuff at some point, right? Yeah, it is definitely very, a a little bit more stylized look to that game. It looks fun,
2: though. I mean, a lot of people said, you know, people that have playtested it and said, sounds like a lot of fun. The thing that burns me a little bit, though, let's just be real here. They maybe buy Imperial Assault. And then I bought Star Wars Legion. And, and every time it's like, oh, well, let's just change the scale. And they're doing it again. <laughs> here's a new here's a new product. I'm done. I'm not buying another army. I, look, I love
1: Legion. I think Legion's great. And I'll keep playing Legion. The models are great. I just think I'm putting my toes more into smaller model count skirmish games because it takes me so long to paint full armies uh, that I want to just have a little bit like in my life right now. I feel like I want to have the joy of, of completion. So I want to do some stuff where I can get, like, projects completed under my belt. Maybe you should paint an Armada fleet. I do have my my Armada dwarves I'm keeping. Like, I've got rid of a bunch of my Armada stuff is on eBay now, but I am keeping my one dwarf fleet. And I think I have an XL, a starter, and two... I I have enough that it's like... I bought too much of the normal alliance. I bought, like...
2: I, I could have just had one starter and one booster. That would have been sufficient. I didn't need to buy two of each, but hindsight's twenty twenty. so... Uh, But back to movies. Uh, So we went to see Guardian of the Galaxy 3. You didn't see Super Mario Brothers?
1: No, I had not. And that's more for personal reasons. That was like uh, Hillary and I would always do Mario Kart. And we were like, so that was just like, you know what? It's a great movie, though. I will say that is probably
2: one of the two movies this year that completely delivers on what you want.
1: Oh, awesome.
2: Like if you're a fan go see the movie and the second one is the dungeons and dragons movie yeah i didn't go into that with any expectations me and my daughter went to see it we don't play dnd i've never played dnd it's always been on it's always been gaming adjacent for me but you know what i do love dungeon and dragon animated cartoon from the 1980s and there may or may not be a cameo but it's just a good movie it's just a fun movie it's a fun fantasy adventure movie it's an ice movie and like it's just fun and some of the comic elements, you know, when the bear takes
1: the bad guy and is
2: <laughs> bashing her in the ground. I'm just yeah. like rolling, laughing so hard.
1: Well, oh, and I love the fact that like Chris Pine's character is the bard. So awesome. He has no powers, but he comes up with all the plans. And it's like, you know, you have like, it's like your D&D group. It's like, he doesn't really do anything, but he's like, ah, oh, this, I come up with the plan.
2: Maybe what's been missing in D&D movies from the past is that, you know, this has a bunch of solid actors. With a good script. It's well executed. Like, they hit on everything you needed. Like, in the past, maybe they had one or two good actors. Maybe the script was lacking. Or maybe the budget wasn't... Like, this has all the elements to be a good movie. And it's just super fun. And Hugh Grant. When did we get to see Hugh Grant as a bad guy? Hardly. Is that the first time ever? Maybe?
1: No, it was It was just good. I'm really curious to see it. I know Joe... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his mangle the 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 other actor yeah. who's like really into he's trying to develop like a drag piece this one was set in the Forgotten Realms universe I did like all the nods to all the, the video game places that I- oh yeah they talk about yeah and why wa- they talk about water water deep and you know yeah
2: cool that you're like I don't really know much about it but I know the name so yeah it was cool.
1: So I would love to see, you know, we've had this debate about the Dragonlance novels, right? On are they good or were they just good in the moment that you read them when you were eight years old or 12, 12 years old? But I'm really curious to see. I think the Dragonlance universe is really awesome. But I don't know. I mean, I heard they were thinking about doing a sequel, but I guess the D&D movie box office wise didn't do as hope. I just don't know if people go to the movies as much as they used to in this sort of new, new post-COVID world. Do people just... Like, Guardians of the Galaxy had lower box office. Guardians of the Galaxy had all that baggage, right? Like, all the... I mean, there's been... Let's be honest. Some
2: of those Marvel movies that have come out in the last few years have been terrible. I think that's kind of dragging on them. But I would say, if you're on the fence, Guardians of the Galaxy is worth going to see. It's a a fun movie.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's a solid one. I think it's done... it, it, It just opened to a little bit less than Guardians 2. And I think the MCU really is... I don't think... They've just had a couple movies that haven't been so great. I think that Endgame ended on such an amazing level. And I just don't think they've found their stride yet on like, what's sort of going to be the next story. The trailers for the secret war show with secret invasion with Nick Fury coming back. That show looks really great. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff on TV. We'll uh see. You, you got to dig in,
2: uh, you know, an upcoming dude, uh, this is going to sound weird, but I, Transformers new Transformers movies got me oh I'm excited
1: oh yeah because that's got some Beast Wars stuff in it right it's like a sort of a sequel to the, the, the
2: Bumblebee movie right because it's supposed to take place in the 90s and you see Bumblebee is
1: which the Bumblebee movie was pretty good I thought oh, I amazing that. amazing yeah, I thought it was, right? it was way better it was one than of the, any better, of the
2: of better ones the and yeah. what's funny is that is my favorite and then the first Transformers movie is my second favorite yeah and this movie falls in between those two because you see Bumblebee is that old beat up Camaro so, which he mm-hmm. turned to at the end of Bumblebee. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And then I know there's Into the Spider Verse 2's coming out. I love that movie. Yeah, yep. So that should be that good. And then great. the new, mm-hmm. the new Teenage Ninja Turtles. Uh, believe it or not, I'm I'm on board with that. I think uh, it, I I have been known to be like that's not my Ninja Turtles. They did it in a unique way that I'm okay with. I'm excited. Well, we should probably touch on some of the news. Obviously, we we did have a live stream to talk about the Mantic Vault, but. I don't think anybody saw what was coming hundred percent. Right. Like I, I certainly still am astonished that there's, you know, hell strikers and aeronauts in that, in that first month. So uh, I, I looking on Facebook and stuff, it's, it's overwhelmingly positive. There's going to be the same naysayers, right. That are, that are, that are always, that always are going to exist.
1: No matter what you do, they're gonna they're gonna be like, why won't Mantic do this? Mantic does that, and they're like, why is Mantic doing do that? And it's like, dude, this right. is what you just asked for.
2: It's fine, but you know, the biggest news that I don't think we've had a chance to talk about is that you know, Mantic has hired Andre Kieran to help run the sales team. I, I don't know how well people know Andre Kieran, but you know, uh, when I moved to Memphis, he was at GW, part of the sales team, right? And then subsequently to that, he went to Fantasy Fight, and then most recently, he was the the head of U.S. distribution for Asmodee. From where I'm sitting, that's a pretty good
1: resource to have working with you. I think that's
2: going to be a, a win-win proposition for Mantic.
1: I know he has the Golden Goose. It's like a, a console. It's like a company. consultant business. Yeah. yeah. So so I'm I'm I'm. It sounds to me like they're bringing in a game game expert to sort of like work with their sales team and maybe do some teams, you know, some skills building ref, refining. He was at Fastly Flight when they transitioned stuff to Asmodee. You know, became part of Asmodee and. Became this juggernaut, just not just in gaming, but in distribution. So that's what they needed. And I think in the quote in the article, Ronnie says, you know, we hired Andre to help take our business to the next level. You know, so I think and that's sort of been there when you've talked to Ronnie and talked to Kyle sort of 2023. They felt is like this is the year that we're going to push things. We're going to turn it up to 11, right? Both exactly. with our releases, the quality of our releases it's just everything around Mantic now is feeling like more professional. They're, 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 you know, they're really like turning up their um, Mantic 2.0, I think. And that's sort of what we've heard a lot this year. And I think we're seeing the, the proof is in the pudding. We're seeing that desire to up their game in a lot of different areas. Exactly. We would be remiss if we did not mention on the day after the release of Tears of the
2: Kingdom. Legend of Zelda game, Ryan Smith's new Legend of Zelda army, which is Spectacular doesn't doesn't do it any words. Oh, yeah. Go to the go to the the Facebook page. You'll see the post. He even gave countercharged folks a little bit of the behind the scenes work and process pics.
1: Well, I know he was taking all the models out of like a Wii universe or like a Wii Zelda game.
2: Well, he took it out of Breath of the Wild, the, the Wii U ver- version, and then he yes. took them in the Blender and cleaned up the the surfaces, uh-huh. and then three D printed the whole army. And Pretty incredible. It's it's not just the army. It's literally the landscape from the Breath of the Wild game too. It's Mm-hmm. it's unbelievable i mean Very but, you know creative. ryan does that every couple of years you're just like damn it brian right <laughs> <laughs> you, you feel good about yourself and then you bump into ryan you're like oh. One of the things we should probably touch on is collectibles what, what have you been buying
1: good question i have been uh, continuing to build my library i've gotten out of uh single issue comics and have just been focusing on collected editions so they've come out with some cool uh new star wars omnibuses more recent star wars stuff they did a really cool crossover event called war of the bounty hunters and they just released that in a hardcover omnibus and the idea of that storyline is really cool boba fett has han solo right in carbonite and he's trying to get han solo to jabba but all the other bounty hunters want han solo too so it's that story of like they're trying to rescue han they're trying to like other bounty hunters are trying to get him so it's just like kind of a crossover event that takes place there so it's after M- empire strikes back but before han solo is delivered the job of the hut that came out in collected edition they came out with a collected edition of the comics that were based on the x-men cartoon show from the 90s so i picked that up i picked up uh, a couple other things i started to get some um Action figure wise, I picked up a couple of the Joy Toy forty k. They're they're so good, dude. They're really good. They're I mean, the
2: the McFarland stuff is fine, right? It's 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 completely serviceable. But the Joy Toy stuff is just at another level.
1: And you pay you pay for that. But it's, oh, exactly. It, uh, like the McFarland ones about twice as big. The Joy Toy is more akin to it's bigger than like a uh, uh, standard GI Joe. And you're paying 50 bucks for a figure, so they're not cheap. But as far as the articulation, the painting, they're really high-end. So I picked up a couple of Sissures of Battle for that. But again, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, it's like, you can't get too into something because it's like, I got to make sure like money wise, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going too crazy, but I did pick up a couple of those. And then what about you? I know probably uh, the GI Joe is continuing. The COVID delay for production has
2: kind of resolved itself. And now there's like this wave just coming. And it's like every month there's just stuff showing up. My problem now is I don't have any place to put all this stuff. Uh, I told my daughter, it was funny. she, She was off day this week and I said look you have two choices you can clean up your paint station or I'm going to put your paint station in the garage and I'm going to put another shelf there and I'm put more G.I. Joe figures there so she cleaned up her station <laughs> <laughs> it's funny I had to box up all my black library stuff because uh, I had a bunch it's not it being read. it's just sitting on a shelf I do need at some point to do something I, I, need, to, I need to expand my storage because I also have all my dupes all my duplicates and stuff I've got Spares. Now, what
1: know. is the main the name of the line that's the main one that you're collecting? Yeah, it's called GI Joe Classified, which
2: is a. It's been a m- bunch of things, but essentially, it's a six inch reimagining of GI Joe. You know, I, I would say in general, if I was to describe it, you know, it started off based on a video game, and it's kind of when it's undergoing a few different changes, but it, it kind of gives you a modern interpretation of most of the Joes. Um, there are some throwbacks. They have a, they have a retro series where they're literally just giant six-inch versions of something you would have seen in the 80s and they even come on blister packs which from a collector standpoint is not a great idea because you want to see something get jacked up ship a big giant blister pack in a padded envelope which is what Walmart does so yeah it's it's a problem. The, 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 the better part I think they're up over hundred figures at this point. The coolest thing they've come out with that they have they have this thing called Haslab which is basically has Hasro's version of Kickstarter. I backed a six inch scale Cobra, his tank. Oh man, that's crazy. It's, it's, it's super big. Right. And it comes with like a bunch of extra figures. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, But you know, even what you can buy in the store, they have, they've got small vehicles and small accessories. And we we never talked about this, but what's your favorite GI Joe?
1: I mean, that's a good question. I always liked the bad guys more. I was always a big fan of like the crimson guard, or I always liked just like the Cobra uh the bat like i said storm shadow all the the co the cobra um guys but i think probably if i was gonna think gi joe i don't know i love sergeant slaughter so much but i don't know if that counts as yeah it counts and he's in the line
2: the sergeant slaughter character comes with a sergeant slaughter action figure (laughs) so like he he can hold up an action figure of himself it's it's like it's so meta that it's like
1: okay. Snow Job was one of my favorite yeah. because I like this. His he came with the skis. I love Zartan. What's interesting
2: is that the line's pretty big, but a lot of them there's repaints, right? So if you think of a character like Storm Shadow, we've had the classified version of Storm Shadow, which is like a modern version. There was a Storm Shadow that came out for the movie Snake Eyes, so it's yeah. a different look. Then there was the the Arctic camouflage. You know the guy with the hood and the. Mm -hmm. like 87 that version and then now we have a retro inspired one so there's four versions of storm shadow uh zartan same thing there's a classified version which is a modern version then there's a retro version that just came out looks just like out of the cartoon and then there's they have a limited edition san diego comic con exclusive color changing ones and don't get me started on how many snake eyes there are i mean the snake eyes is our Batman? You know, McFarland Toys. Like every wave has like two or three different versions of Batman. There's always a, a new Snake Eyes around the corner. Is at this point the, the line's big enough that a lot of the heavy hitters are have been made, and so now they're getting into more of the deep cuts. Like mm-hmm. next up is like Big Ben. Big Ben's not a popular character, I don't think. But and dude, the Serpentor. Is still the highlight, right? Yeah. Like, he's got the air chariot. It's just dumb. Or the Doctor Mindbender. Right? Doctor Mindbender comes with all this lab equipment.
1: Doctor Mindbender. Doctor Mindbender. <laughs> so, uh, I mean,
2: from a Cobra standpoint, Copperhead's always my favorite character because you didn't really know much about him. But if I wanted to go with the guys, you know, Cobra Commander is hard to beat, dude. Yeah. The iconic voice, the same voice as Scar- Star Scream from the Transformers. You know that I can't do it, but you know what I mean.
1: I don't know. I was a big G.I. Joe, the movie fan. I know it's like controversial, right?
2: The cartoon. Yeah. I like it. They learned a lot from Transformers when they killed off Optimus Prime. That, ah, maybe we shouldn't kill off Duke. Yes. Uh-huh. It's funny. There's a lot of similarity to, to modern day, uh, you know, cause one of the criticisms they got back then was, why are you bringing in Don Johnson as the voice of Falcon? Right. Yeah. And you don't need big Hollywood actors. And we're hearing it today because Transformers is making a new animated movie and they chose not to use Peter Cullen for the voice. We're going uh, to use Chris Helmsworth. So first of all, I hope he can do an American accent because I, I Optimus Prime as an Australian is not going to work for me.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It, it's all about the nostalgia as a kid, right? Since I loved Sergeant Slaughter so much, his fight against Nemesis Enforcer in that movie, I think, is so cool. And I love. Voiced by Peter Cullen. Yeah. Same voice of Optimus Prime. Yeah. I really liked. The GI Joe, the movie had a really lot of like post-apocalyptic, like really messed up stuff in it, and they were gonna infect the whole world. The Shangri La globulus, yeah, globulus, voiced by Burgess Meredith, and Pythona was amazing. Yeah, no, I really like. I was always a big fan. And I thought like the whole intro to that movie is so great. Go on YouTube and say G.I. Joe movie intro and you'll find it. it's like a four minute battle
2: around the Statue of Liberty.
1: Yeah. And it was something that was like, I remember as a kid going to see the G.I. Joe movie and the art and production value of that beginning scene was so much better than the cartoon. I really remember vividly being like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Being just like sucked into that. Yeah, because G.I. Joe the movie and Transformers the movie were like two seminal moments for like an 80s kid growing up in the 80s. Like you, you remember seeing those in the theater where he Transformers even more so, like you said. It's like, we want to sell you guys new toys, so we're going to kill all your old toys. They're dead. That was what Hasbro did back in the day, right? Like with Transformers. Kill off most of the Autobots, so you have to buy new ones. Yeah, I mean, Megatron's just like murking Ironside in the head on the shuttle. And then Megatron got blown up for Galvatron, right? right? By the way,
2: Galvatron, uh, not Galvatron. Unicron. He's the main bad guy in the new movie
1: for, for Beast Wars. Well, I mean, he is like a big bad in the Transformers universe that they haven't used. Yeah, so I'm curious to see that. You know, like I said, I thought the first michael bay transformers movie was what was okay i liked it a lot it was enough fan service
2: that i i felt like okay this is transformers bumblebee put it over the top for me that was the one that was like ooh, well i mean yeah. they, they go
1: back to the more the g1 more look well he's a he's a beetle like he was in
2: when when the toy came out right he was he's a yellow bug
1: yeah so i'm curious to see this new movie kind of like how it fits you know uh in that sort of uh you know, did you watch the Transformers animated show on Netflix?
2: There's three or four of them. Yeah. I watched them all. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're good.
1: Yeah, they're pretty good. I thought those were good. And those kind of fit in all the. There's Transformers, but then they incorporate the Beast, you know, so it's a little bit kind of tying in all the different mythos together. I thought it was pretty cool.
2: And G.I. Joe, interestingly enough, has a few shows too that people need to watch. One of them is called G.I. Joe Renegades. It's like. A dozen years old at this point. It's like one of them shows where they go back and it's a reboot. They they completely change the whole story on its on its thing. Have you seen G.I. Joe Resolute?
1: Is that the one that has the more kind of like higher quality anime style art? Correct. It again is pretty old. Is G.I. Joe Resolute is that a standalone movie or was that a series or it is a series
2: of shows very short that they made for like Cartoon Network or something? Okay. But you can purchase them on a DVD and it's it makes a cohesive story. Okay. But it has the definitive Snake Eyes versus Storm Shadow fight.
1: Oh, it's really good. It's
2: beyond good, dude. It is, kids should not be in the room. It is insane. Okay. And I will say something controversial Charlie Adler, who does the voice of Code Commander, I, I honestly think he might be better than Chris Latta's original voice. I mean, this dude sounds like a psychopath but he's calm enough. He doesn't have any problem killing you, but he's competent.
1: More of a sociopathic as opposed to like... Yeah, exactly.
2: Like Chris Lada, when he's screaming at you, you're like, you're a buffoon.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah, His Cobra Commander is kind of
2: like a buffoon a little bit. So if you haven't, you really need to owe it yourself to, to watch uh, G.I. Joe Resolute. Uh, Renegades is great too, though. Like I said, but Renegades is not canon. It's its own thing onto itself. It's an interesting story too. So
1: what about now? Is there like a current like, running currently animated G.I. Joe show?
2: No. I, from what I heard, though, there's there's some stuff coming, but there is no current G.I. Joe show. Uh, so if you want, you go back and you watch the Sumbo and the Dick shows, right, from the 80s, because there's plenty of that. There's 100-plus episodes to watch of that.
1: Uh, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite G.I. Joe from that original run episode? Favorite episode? Or something that sticks with you still? Oh, man. I don't know. There.
2: <sighs> Rise Serpentor arise, which is like a five part series mm-hmm. where they create Serpentor. Yeah, it's pretty memorable. It's the start of the second the second season. Hard to really pass that up. But you know, there's a lot of shows or a lot of episodes that they focus on a specific character. Yeah, and what they're doing is like it might be Ace or something. Mm-hmm. You're getting to meet characters that you don't really get a lot of background on. So I, I I'm a big fan of those as well. Yeah, it's hard to pick it's hard to pick one out. So I'll just say Rise Serpentor Rise. I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty pretty that's a, that's a that's a classic. It is. Yeah. Any of the multi-episode arcs are are pretty pretty are pretty good, you mm-hmm. know. And, and you know the crazy part is they're all available on Tubi for free and you can watch them. And they they hold up relatively well, all things considered. I mean classified, I, I uh I have so many pre orders still out, haven't showed up yet, and I don't have a place to put them. So I don't know what I don't know what's leaving the hobby room next. Are you buying anything in the store? Or are you just getting it all? I do. Uh, so basically, I, I, as a rule, I pre-order everything. Okay. I, I always have I and, and usually pre-order it from multiple stores, so I know I get it. And okay. then every time I go to the store, I see what they got. Okay. Occasionally, you're like, oh, look at that! They got this on clearance. Oh, look at this! I get a Tiger Force Rakondo for seven yeah. dollars.
1: Yeah, I'll do that. That's mm-hmm.
2: good. I have a lot of doubles and stuff that I don't need, but I like them. I, I'm yeah. a hoarder. I'm a hoarder.
1: Yeah, it makes it makes it makes you feel
2: good. It makes me feel good buying stuff. Yeah, yeah it, I mean the other thing is I, I I don't have to be as big of a hoarder because my daughter's a hoarder. You passed on that's that's the enough gene. Yeah, so I passed it on, and she's all about gargoyles, which I know the uh-huh. animated series that, oh, you haven't that watched. show was so good. It is, and the, and the, and the action figures from NECA are. Really nice.
1: Are they good? I've never really bought much from NECA before, but thing is if you play with them, I think they probably get a uh uh-huh. they
2: probably have a reputation of breaking.
1: Because most of the TM TMNT stuff is all NECA,
2: right? The cartoon stuff from the show is NECA. So the cartoon yeah. stuff is NECA. Playmates still make some. There's a bunch of people right. making turtles. Because I know NECA does a lot of horror stuff too. They right? do they have a lot they of do. Horror. They do all the predator and alien stuff, Terminator. So my daughter, that's that's her
1: wheelhouse, dude. Like Give her like a predator holding up a spine. She's all about it. Speaking of Transformers, I did finally finish putting together my masterpiece Lego Optimus Prime. Oh, that sounds awesome. Oh, dude. It was so it was a really fun build. It took me a few weeks to put together. It's funny, though. I did have to have an awkward conversation. I'm always like,
2: why do you need a third Sepentor? <laughs> I was like, well, there are San Diego Comic Con exclusives. They're hard to come by. <laughs>
1: well, you tell her you need one to open, one to keep in the box. And one for just in case. And and actually, I have two in not just the box, but the shipping box. And I got one that's not open, but it's like you can display it because uh, it's got clear. See, that's, that's a real collector when it's in a box that's in another box that's right. in another box and you right. don't open any. Yeah, it, it's kind of sad. <laughs> you look on my shelf and there's like a brown corrugated a brown box. box and yeah. you're like, I know, but I, I know but what's in know. there. Know you know what's, what's in, in there. there. Yeah. What's in there, Rob? And no one's touching it. And it's, fresh. it's beautiful and there's no dust or anything on it. Well, you know, what's funny is one of the things I have to do now is I have to budget for like
2: box protectors. So, you know, there's a couple of sites I use. Cause you're not just going to buy one or two, but you're going to buy a bunch when you buy them. Right. So you got to like, keep a running tally of how many box protectors you need. And then what really infuriates you as a collector is when they do something stupid, like, Oh, I don't know, make a retro card backed thing. And you're like, how the hell am I going to protect that? Yeah. It's a giant blister pack.
1: Now, have you looked at or are familiar with like? I know like the grading world for comics and other things. You
2: can get all your stuff graded, but I'm not do it. Okay,
1: I just know if you ever like looked into toy grading.
2: I have a couple of pieces in the collection that are pretty pretty good. They're not they're not expensive in in the grand scheme of things. But like the number one, the double zero snake eyes, which is the one they put out for to launch classified. Like at that point, we didn't know there was going to be a classified series. We just thought this was a one off piece. I didn't buy it because I'm a dummy. So I have to go back and spend a couple hundred bucks later to buy it because you're like, oh, I should have bought that. You know, the other thing that's infuriating to the modern collector now is, is store exclusives. There's so much stuff that's like Target exclusives, Amazon exclusives, Walmart exclusives. Well, that means you got to buy it from certain sites, and it's just it just limits the availability of the part. You know, Hasbro, to their credit, sometimes will still most likely still have some available on their site, even though it's Target exclusive. The Double Zero Snake Eyes, that's the one that's in like the the black box. It is a black box and it comes with like uh like stuff for the dojo. It's got like a weapons rack and uh it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean there's that one, there's the regular release of Snake Eyes, there's a Fortnite version of Snake Eyes, oh, there's yeah. at least there's two Snake Eyes that come with different <laughs> different like they have two, like they have like a commando version and then like more of a standard version
1: so that's at least four there's a retro one there's five i mean there's (sighs) i really want lego 21 311 which is the lego ideas you know how like are you talking about like what was it the uh the has labs or whatever yeah lego has like lego ideas that's like more kind of their like uh niche type stuff right and they did a, a voltron kit that it's all the lions fully uh connect together uh, and I really want that kit, but it's like in the secondary market, it's, it's 400 bucks. Yeah. So it's like hard for me to spend. That's like a PlayStation
2: 5. And now when I go out and I'm I'm looking at toys, collectibles stuff, I I have to ask myself, like, do I really need this? Right. Because yeah. ultimately, like I, I tell myself I'm into G.I. Joe. So if it's G.I. Joe, I, I can usually do the mental gymnastics to get to where I need to be to be comfortable making the purchase. Right. <laughs> There's some there's some adjacent ones like I'm a huge fan of jazz and Transformers. So, my my favorite is uh, Devastator. Do you remember Devastator? He was the yes. he was the combiner kit that was yeah. five mm-hmm. Decepticons. I had that as a kid, and I probably have most of them, but they're all beat up, right? They're toys. If I yeah. could get it like an in, in box one, I, I would probably. But I'm not spending five hundred dollars on one, right? Like that's just dumb.
1: Because that one had um, all the uh, separate parts but it had combiner pieces yeah it was a construction equipment so it was like a bulldozer and then like a but there's these little extra plastic pieces that you would use to can help you connect all the all the the four and and those like connecting pieces were all the stuff that little kids would lose so, so like the devastator complete in box are you know so, and, and some of those old transformers the box themselves people just sell the box well yeah because they're like expensive right and and i know
2: like things like devastator they've probably been released you know another good example is attorney from he-man i don't Mm -hmm. know if you you follow he-man at all but you know in attorney a play set is like several thousand dollars right like in like crazy and mattel has their own kickstarter too and they and they just funded a new attorney set so for all the fans of he-man good on you man like that's awesome you you know it's funny because in some ways you feel like you don't get all the attention you should get because it's G.I. Joe and maybe it's not in the 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 modern zeitgeist of the world. But the reality is that G.I. Joe is a Hasbro property. It's their property. Yeah. So they don't have to pay for the Transformer license yeah. or Disney for the Star Wars license. So, you know, they, they have more control. And so when they decided to do a new Sky Striker in the three and three quarter inch size, you know, I, nah, I don't really collect that. I, I say that, but you know how it works, man. You say, oh, I don't collect three and three quarter. And then something comes out, you're like, oh, maybe I do need it. Like, we were talking about Super 7, right? So Super 7 yeah. has the 5POA, the 3 and 3 quarter, Sunbow series, you know, cartoon G.I. Joe's. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, I'm not paying $20 for a figure. But then you find one that's like, oh, it's it's $9 or it's on clearance. And then it's like
1: like any other drug. You just buy one, right? And then it's like, oh, it's a slippery slope. I mean, I would really like to pick up the the 2002 Bandai did a 2000 in 2002 re-release of the Takari Tomi classic. Diecast uh Macross Valkyries. Right. You know, it's the same uh kit that was Skyfire and Transformers, right? Mm, they uh, just took
2: And obviously same. Jetfire, right? Jetfire. Uh, is yeah, sorry. One of my favorite Autobots. What's interesting, what's interesting is I never knew this as a kid, but several people including uh, this this podcast called The Retroist did a bunch of Transformer episodes. They pointed out the fact that only Decepticons used to fly. Mm-hmm. Right? Like uh, Autobots yep. were all about like Obviously, auto is in the name, but like they're all about driving, whereas the Decepticons had the ability to fly or become planes. It wasn't until Jetfire that showed up. And, you know, if you remember the story, Jetfire was a bad guy. And then he.
1: Yes. Who switched
2: sides. He yeah. switched sides. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's I, I still have my Jetfire and he is one of my I, I love Jetfire quite a bit. As a kid, I was always like, why does he look like everybody else? Because he's a different.
1: He's, he's a Macross Plus kind of thing. I don't know. It, definitely, you could tell. Yeah, because they just took that. They just essentially took that. Yeah. There's some, some really great videos a- around like the licensing of Robotech. There's this one toy video. Oh, God, you must, you have to have uh, know this guy. What is it? Is it Toy Galaxy, the name of the YouTube channel? Yeah, Toy channel? Galaxy.
2: Now it's called Secret Galaxy. Dan Larson is his name. Really high end quality videos yes. about topics,
1: licenses, histories, whatever. Yeah, it's a great channel.
2: Pixel Dan is another one. He's more He-Man related, but he'll do everything too. Pixel Dan, Secret Galaxy with Dan Larson, Geek Dad Life is another one that that I've been watching a lot lately. I kind of just really focus on GI Joe, but I'm a nerd. Yeah. There's still like like yesterday I was, I was at a discount store and they had like some like real cheap like small transformer i'm like well do i really need a ravager in my life because i like ravager and i was like you know what? i finally told myself i have plenty of stuff just sitting on my shelf that i don't really care about just put that money into gi joe and be done with it you're into the big time when you're in lego lego is
1: yeah i mean it's yeah and i used to have a huge star wars lego collection which i've downsized so right now i have um just a few things i have like the optimus prime i have the masterpiece thor's hammer that's huge that's Th- thor's hammer then i have the um I have the Infinity Gauntlet and then I have the Iron Man Gauntlet. So they're like right next to each other. So I have a couple of the like the 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 bigger, bigger pieces. But again, it's just expensive. And, you know, while I was married, I just had run out of space to store. them. Well, that's my problem is I've got stuff in my garage now, like extras and stuff. I'm like, that's why I'm selling some of this stuff on eBay, Rob, because it's like if I if, if I have no space to display it and look at it, and it's just sitting in a box somewhere.
2: If you know it's in a box somewhere, it makes me feel good too.
1: I mean, I get I get that. But then it's also like I want to like pay down bills and buy a house one day. <laughs> you know, <it> <laughs>
2: never got the bug for, like, statues. But, man, there's uh, some of these hot toys and stuff. I mean, some of these statues now are, are ridiculous.
1: Oh, I can't even. That's another thing that I can't. That and you know what also, too, I watch videos on YouTube of is intention to get into it. But Marvel ca- trading cards. Like, I love watching... I was, was a huge magic kid so i like i don't have room or anything to be into card games or whatever but i still like watching unboxing like people opening booster packs of i don't even care what it is i just like watching that but the marvel cards is something that's crazy because there are marvel cards that are worth more than the first appearance comic is of that character these are like the ones from
2: the 80s or when are these from 90s new
1: cards no these are like the new cards okay okay yeah where the where they're numbered hologrammed or whatever and if they get graded they're like you know that worth thousands of people are paying thousands of dollars for them. And I'm like, how can a, a card and I granted you have a Wolverine card, right? That's one of 50 mean they only made 50 of them. But how can you tell me that that's worth more money than his first appearance in comic book format? Like I don't, I don't understand the economics of trading cards or sports cards. I don't understand how they're worth so much money.
2: Yeah, I don't either. I mean, it's supply and demand, right? If you got somebody that wants that values it and you got somebody that's willing to sell it, it happens from time to time. Uh, This has been a great episode. I I love catching up on these kind of topics and uh, yeah, lots of hobby going down, man. Maybe the next one we'll catch up. I got to get everybody caught up on Kings of Memphis three. That's coming up in like six weeks. So that's right around the corner as well. Uh, We're recording an episode soon about uh, a narrative event that I've got in my head for next year. So that's coming. And uh, a couple of people we met at Adepticon, uh, and then Bill Hupp from Thistle and Rose Miniatures. I met at Adepticon. I definitely want to get him on to just chat about his range. It's you know fifteen millimeter metal models, pretty cool stuff. Tim Akers, we talked about. I want to get him on the show. So there's so much stuff that I want to, that I want to do. And I did pick up Rise of the Celestians by uh, C.L. Werner. I'm in the process of reading that. I plan on oh cool do a little narrative show on that. Awesome. I had uh, pulled up some notes that I did when Third Edition launched. The, the history and this kind of supplements that really well. So I'm excited to, to maybe have a show and talking about that. So lots to come last final thing. What, what's what's up for masters? You're going to be there with bells on, right?
1: Okay. So for masters, Tyler and I are going to be doing a firefight event. We don't know quite for sure. My, my guess is either it will be a demo or it will be like a small tournament where if you want to, or some sort of something where you can either play with your own army or we'll have some, some, some armies to, play test with. Well, well, Tyler's driving so he can bring a bunch of armies. Exactly. So, but as far as hobby, I've sort of two things. I have my EOD that I'm working on, going to be doing that. I'm going to be doing some play tests, some Kings of War playtesting again, which I can't talk about, but going to be doing some playtesting for some of the new stuff coming out. Going to be working on my MCP. There is a, a game store actually tomorrow, they have like a monthly tournament there, a monthly one-day tournament with 16 to 24 players. So I'm just like, oh, crap. So I think I might go to that and just kind of like see what the if it seems like a good group of dudes, you know, to see if it's like something I may want to play with them. But yeah, for me now, it's just I have Brenton's army that I played at Lone Wolf and uh, Riddle of Steel. That's my EOD army. So I'm I have my my army locked in for masters, whether or not I bring my version of it or I use Brenton's version of it. It is locked, locked in. So now it's just getting playtest games. It's working on my EOD because I'm not doing anything until Masters. I'm I am working and painting. That's it. So I don't have anything planned until Masters, and I'll probably be taking some time off in July, uh, the, maybe the couple weeks before Masters of just have a, a vacation. Yeah. So that's pretty much what, what's on, on my hobby is just Empire of Dust. It's just that's what I'm going to be trying to work on over the next few weeks. Sounds awesome. What about you? Goblins. That's what's that's um my immediate feature is more
2: goblins. And lots and lots of Kings of War and lots of podcasting. We got, there's so much, so much to do, so yeah. much to talk about. It's, it's a great time to be in Kings of War. So many activities. So much room for activity. It's funny, the older yeah. I get, I have these conversations with people that I work with and like, they don't know the movies. I'm like, at least most of the time they know Step Brothers. Yeah. Uh, but there's been lots of movies where like the jokes have fallen flat. I'm like, oh, come on, folks, let's get some nerd culture in your lives.
1: Yeah, totally. Well, awesome, you want to take us out? Okay, yeah. And remember, always keep counter-charging. Thanks for listening.
0: And we'll see you next time on Counter-Charge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Counter-Charge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep counter-charging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.